Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm joined as I am every week by Josh. Hey, doing, mate? I'm very good, man. How are you? Going well. What's going on? Ah, uh, no, I just um, into my second second week off from uni for a little bit. Growing a beard, yeah. it's been good. Having a bit of time away from the books and and um, smashing <laughs> out some investing, hopefully. Yeah, I've actually spent a bit of time doing you know research on a few bits and pieces and trading a little bit which has been nice just you know practicing my practice what about yourself yeah i got a got a bit of a break last week uh out of the um out of the clinic and uh back to it this week so um didn't get as much investing time as you did obviously but um this is why we're here we're here to talk about um our investing journey and what we're learning and um yeah we had a great chat off air there you've got some um we've got some great material today we're gonna have a bit of a chat about um well some news uh about barber yeah um, that you've um come across in your reading um recently today or yesterday literally today yes it's the what are we off the press hot off the press so yeah it's the 12th of um april here and um yeah mate take it away you want to talk about um a big i guess sell on barber from uh, from a gentleman we follow yeah, and, and whatever that means, we'll find out, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I was running across Data Roma today just to see uh, the fourth quarter um, of 2021 holdings for um, a bunch of the big investors that we follow, that, you know, we rate as investors. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I come across uh, the Daily Journal Corp, um, they reported really quickly. Um, so like you said, we're on the 12th of April and they've reported their um, their portfolio as of the 31st of March. Usually they take two or so months to report and that's how much time they've got. And usually, you know, all of the all the portfolio managers take their time with it, but they've reported it very quickly and um, it shows a 50% cut in their Baba holdings. Mm. That is that is Baba from the... Um, uh, the NASDAQ, so the Australian, uh, Australian American Depository something, ADR. So, yeah, um, obviously when you see that, you're like, oh, what's going on? But um, yeah. it did bring me to question a lot of things, and I, I, I did my research on it. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of reasons why you could have sold, and I think that's something that we could probably um, touch on. I guess the big reason, too, first one is, like, was it Charlie Munger? Because last month he did stand down um, from the chair of the Daily Journal. So he's no longer in charge yet. So does that mean that he's still on the board, but obviously he doesn't have all the uh, lever pulling power that he used to. So yeah. maybe the, the, the board didn't really like it as much as Charlie. But um, at the same time, we know that they invest similar to Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway invests and if a story changes what do they do so they sell all of it <laughs> they're out like it, probably a little, a little bit like the um their airline shares back in uh 2020 covid they obviously yeah you know they they felt like the story changed and they were out they lost a lot of money on that so i mean that's what you're yeah. saying is if if the story has changed they generally get out in full mm. uh, part and and what you've um, found today is that they have reduced their holding by 50%. So it doesn't give us a reason why, 
it doesn't also tell us whether they've been buying internationally. So they, they may be just switching uh, their holdings from US NASDAQ across to Hong Kong yep. um, stock exchange. So they could be buying Barber shares. Uh, you, you also mentioned a couple of other reasons, like tax, uh, tax savvy reasons and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess once I seen that, I wanted to do a bit of research and, and look into it. And I come across a few really good, uh, interesting videos that we'll touch on today um, just from other investors. But um, when Charlie Munger, or what, sorry, I keep saying Charlie, we're going to call it Charlie Munger. That's going to be interchangeable with Daily Journal here. So <laughs> uh, when Daily Journal bought, uh, when they doubled down on Alibaba, they took a margin loan to do so. Um, and they took. Is that, is that normal for them to do that? Would they normally do that? Yeah, I don't know. That's probably a good something we could look into in the future because um, I know they've been happy to take yeah. on debt a bit more recently because of the, um, I guess how cheap it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with inflation pumping on, like debt. You know, if you take a hundred thousand dollars out today in ten years, you're basically paying it off with a hundred thousand dollars then, which is worth fifty. So yeah, it's not a bad idea to take debt when interest rates are so low and inflation's pumping. But um, yeah. So they took a, I think it was a $37 million margin loan to double down on Alibaba. Now, one thesis here could be that when Alibaba, over that one night basically, or night for us, one day over there, when it dropped to $70 a share, um, there is good reason that they could have been margin called because at that rate, they were approximately 50% down on that investment. So, uh. yeah, so you know, margin call means you have to pay that back. Um, and usually that means selling the shares to pay it back. So that is one potential. Um, and they've just cut it down to as much as what they needed to pay off the margin loan. Um, or yeah, there's there's tax harvesting as well, which um, I haven't fully looked into this. I understand the basics of why people do it, but um, from what I can see, the timing wasn't the best. Usually they will do tax harvesting. Uh, I'm not too sure on that anyway, but basically what it is is um, they sell shares at a loss to mm. um, to basically cover for any capital gains they've made. And I do believe uh, Daily Journal made quite substantial capital gains um, with one of their Chinese companies uh, in the in the realm of 15x, which is pretty good. Um, mm. Car manufacturer over there, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, so I guess you could definitely take that into account um whether or not they've done that and, but yeah there's so many reasons there i think it's just a matter of waiting to see you know eventually they'll come out with some sort of report which we'll get to read as to why they did it um and that'll be a really interesting read i think so yeah yeah because if daily general done their um their meeting yet their annual meeting I know yes, Berkshire did theirs a, a couple of weeks back, which we should do a um, should do a review on that the the Berkshire Hathaway meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Hit that one up next week or the week after. But um, yeah, just interested because they often will um, you know, Charlie gets interviewed and he gets asked those kind of questions. Why did you sell? Yeah. Uh, so that would that would be interesting. But yeah, we might have to be patient on the um, the reasons there for that one. For sure, for sure, and um, yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to say that Charlie Munker has flipped on his uh, you know, flipped on his thoughts to do with China and Alibaba. 
because even I think the Daily Journal meeting was maybe two months ago or so. Um, and he he sat there and goes, yeah, it's not ideal investing in China, but we see it so much at the moment, like it's so cheap compared to America. It's so cheap and there's so much more potential. And the risk of investing in China is a much better risk to take than having a spout American dollars because of the mm. deflationary environment for the dollar. Um, it would be very, I, I don't know, in my opinion, it would be very, very hard to see Charlie Munger flip on basically being so bullish on Alibaba in China. Um, and to back that thought up for myself, if things had changed and he did flip on that, um, I feel like they would have sold all of their holdings. And I, I, I really do believe Charlie Munger being the, the person he is, he would have, he would have, you know, put a statement out as to why he did sell it. Because at the end of the day, um, he was very open about buying it and he was very open about his thoughts on it. And he's not the kind of person to come out and pump up a stock to dump it. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. History suggests that um, you're right. There's yeah. honesty and integrity there. And um, yeah, I mean, big, big sell down 50%. It's a strange number, uh, yep. like a bit rounded and um, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, we don't know the reason. No, not at all. And um, I'm pretty sure if you if you look at the uh, the rounded number, like you mentioned, it comes very close to thirty seven million dollars. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, which was their margin. So mm-hmm. you know, and that would make, make sense because it, it has because he's been buying since has he been buying since two hundred dollars or three hundred? I think he bought as a, above two hundred dollars a share. So, yeah, he would have. Yeah. Well and truly been down more than fifty percent on his initial holding. Yeah, doubled down again at what price? One, I think it was under one fifty. You know, maybe one forty, one sixty range. He was buying. I'm just looking at Data Roma here, which is a great, fantastic um, web free website you can look at. Um, yeah, so he was buying in quarter three last year as well. Uh, yeah, another hundred and thirty thousand odd shares. In yeah, three. and then he so, and then he doubled down in quarter four. Yep, double down. He bought it three hundred thousand, so even more than double in yep. quarter four. So, yeah, and then he's gone and dumped half of them. That's what he dumped. He dumped the three hundred thousand that he had bought. Yeah, just a tad over three hundred two thousand and sixty, uh, to be precise. Uh, <laughs> one quarter later, so um, yeah, yeah, big big change to his portfolio. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, it's I just can't wait for the news to come out. To be honest, like. Um, I'm, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in the company. Um, I still think, I don't think anything's changed uh, personally from what I've, like research I've done. Um, and like we said, we don't invest for the short term. Um, there's a really good point um, brought up in a Monash Pabai um, video I was watching. And he basically said, you know, when, when these big guys, when these big investors buy a company, that usually is a big green light to look at it. You know, to start doing the research, understand why they're buying it. You know? And I've I've been openly said before, like, you know, for people who don't want to spend the time and and are happy to take the risk, you know, you can be a piggyback investor. And we okay. know how powerful that's been in the past with um, Warren Buffett. But you know, the green lights are the the big buys, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that a big sell is a red light. He just said, you know. 
people sell well big investors good investors sell companies for different reasons mm. they all buy companies for the same reasons because they think they're going to make money they sell companies for different reasons and those reasons can you know be very vast and why like tax harvesting was mentioned or maybe they believe the story of change and they've sold their, their holdings and stuff but yeah a, a big buy and a big sell don't carry the same way and yeah, interestingly, <laughs> you mentioned Manish Prabhai. He's actually, um, you know, saying that, I guess, on the back of, if you look at Data Roma again, he sold out 100% of his shares in Barber yeah. in uh, quarter four, 100% gone. Um, yeah. But you have more intel on that. Yeah, yeah. So I um, there's a really good uh, four-part series, I think it was. I'm, I'm currently in the middle of watching it and it's um really good he he is uh, a brilliant mind that guy um and if you can watch more of him read more from him um learn more from him um, he's the hotel he's, owner is that right he's come across he, he made his uh, uh the book yeah um made his money through hotel chains yeah yeah he, he writes a very good book on that um the dundo investor yeah I, I haven't read it all yet and I really should because I've had so many recommendations on it talks about um yeah it talks about a family coming to America and and um yeah making a making very wealthy family like through um hotels yeah owning hotel chains and stuff but um yeah so back to what we're talking about um Manash Pabrai bought into Alibaba last year and sold 100% of his shares last year Mm. And he openly says um, he sold it for tax harvesting reasons. And it just so lined up. So what he says is he did his research. He thinks Alibaba is a great company. He still thinks Alibaba is a great company. However, after he bought Alibaba, he researched Tencent. And he believes that Tencent is superior to Alibaba when it comes to you know, the business model, the business it is, um, he, he is much more bullish on Tencent. So when he sold Alibaba, which he states was for uh, tax harvesting reasons, um, it makes sense for him to move all of that capital to Tencent. So he just said it was a thing that lined up that turned into a win-win situation. Yeah. Because, um, you know, investors will sell, um, will sell shares in a company to tax harvest. Uh, legally, they're not allowed to buy those shares back for 30 days. Um, we'll buy that company again for 30 days because um, then, you know, you're literally just doing something to um, negate tax, which is, I believe, is illegal in most countries. Um, so he said, like, you know, as, a, as an example, if he bought a company at 220 and sold it at 180 uh, for tax harvesting reasons, then, um, you know, in 30 days, that company could easily go back to $220. So mm. that's, you know, that's that's a big loss. So he just said, like, it makes so much more sense for him at that time, realizing where Tencent was as a company that he believes in, just to move all that capital across to Tencent. And he's very happy with that. So, And just for the listeners, Tencent's another Chinese company. So it's interesting that I'm kind of looking over there still. Um, yeah. Given, given all the risks that we talked about with our uh, Barber series. Um, yeah, definitely. And um Oh, I can't remember the name of the company and I'm going to have to look it up while we're talking because it's, I found it really interesting, but um, yeah, Tencent is a Chinese company um, very much in the tech space uh, and they employ a lot of software engineers and um, a lot of their, um, 
a lot of their efforts have gone into gaming, um, creating games basically, um, mm. and telecommunications and stuff. But um, I want, I want, that's why I really want to finish that video on um, Monash Prabhai because he, he gives a good little um, chat about Tencent. So um, if you look up Monash Prabhai sold Barbar to Bana, not that one, not that one, better. Uh, it's a, I'll have to find the video. I think I've gotten out of it. Sorry. You can watch, um, you can find these videos, mate. Anyone can watch them. They're not, uh, yeah, YouTube. Jump straight on YouTube. Uh, type in Monash Prabhai Tencent or Monash Prabhai Alibaba Tencent. And there's some really good videos on there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, pretty much, uh, Tencent, you can buy Tencent in the, uh, Hong Kong or Hang Seng. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but there is uh, another company that you can invest in that owns like 30% of Tencent. So it's like another way to invest in Tencent without actually owning Tencent. Owning Tencent. Yeah. So it's called Prosus. Okay. Prosus. P-R-O-S-U-S. I don't even think it's on the American Stock Exchange. So it might be on a different one altogether. But yeah, so that's another, another little way to own Tencent without buying Tencent, I guess. So that's a nice little discovery. So there's, you said there's been a fair bit of chatter on um, Twitter and the likes around that sell from Baba, but I think it's worthwhile people getting on Data Roma and having a look at what what um, people are selling. I noticed Bill Gates sold some Microsoft um, back in the last year, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, selling his own stock. Um, for, and again, you, you said, you know, who knows the reason, unless they come out and say what the reason's for, but... Um, yeah, some really good um Bill Ackman and you know this um you mentioned um off air Lee Lu. Um you know yeah. these all these names are coming up on um you know on data rama of buyers and sells and Lee Lu's been buying Facebook, you know, recently. Yep. As we know, Facebook had a big big fall last um last quarter. Uh well, it might have been this quarter actually. Yeah, it was the um the first quarter of 2022, but it had right, been falling. Yeah. yeah, it had been falling late last year as well. And um, he's reported in quarter four of 2021 a big purchase of Facebook. And we were discussing that. Um, mm. That's pretty interesting considering it, it was still above $300 a share then. So, yeah, so. he bought, um, so he added 50% to his portfolio at $336. Basically. Yeah. And there was quite a few. There's there quite a few purchases of um, Facebook, um, you know, especially recently as well. So oh, the big boys. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, from this, uh, if you go to Data Roma and you can just see um, portfolio stats, you got top ten most owned stocks, mm. and um, yeah, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, Visa. You know, all the big players are up there. So clearly, you know these these mammoth companies uh, are seen as good investments from mm. a number of people. So hey, it's kind of, it's comforting to know, um, you know, some of these guys are down, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they obviously do their research. We, we've talked about how, you know, how they do that. And, um, you know, once they decide they're, they're buying, they're, they're buying and getting in and, you know, some of these guys are down, like, you know, Lee Lou's down massively on um, Facebook. Be, yep. um, well, well over 30%. Um, and like you said, Daily Journal, Charlie Mung is down um, you know, 50% plus on um, Barba. Yep. Um, so, so these guys, you know, can be down big time. Um, 
they don't always get the right timing right, obviously. Um, exactly. Exactly. Have, and we can't expect to either. <laughs> no. And I, um, I, what was I reading? I'm going to try and remember this now. It was really good because, um, yeah, actually, I was looking at uh, Seeking Alpha um, with regards to uh, the Alibaba sell-off. Um, there's a lot of people, and I, we've we've done conversations on this previous on the podcast. Um, you know, when when the, the rising tide is lifting all ships, it it definitely inflates a lot of egos. Mm. And you know, as soon as you see a big investor like Charlie Munger or Daily Journal, once again interchangeable, um, take a loss. Uh, and like we said, we don't even know if that's a loss because they're selling in America and buying in Hong Kong. They're not really getting a loss all they're doing is getting a tax harvest and the same shares back at the same price essentially but um uh what was it getting to yeah a lot of people are just bagging they're just like oh you know like if you follow this guy if you want to lose your money this that whatever yeah. while people are still making you know their returns in, in the indexes but yeah it's it's been you know history has shown us and we've done our research back as well um to say that when everything's all green and, and, and absolutely running amok and everybody's making money, more and more people jump into the markets. You've got a whole lot of ego and a whole lot of uh, opinions, but it's on those times when, you know, things aren't so gravy and everyone's hurting and these guys are just throwing money left, right and center and making 20% returns over the next years. Yeah. So we're in that stage. We know that we're in that stage where everything is green and, and hammering on and, there's a lot of opinions getting thrown around. I think, you know, there's a definitely a lot more people throwing their money, expecting things just to keep going up. And um, history has always shown that that isn't the case. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people end up getting hurt at some stage. So. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's been an interesting market. Uh, um, like you mentioned, a lot of people uh, could be down. Um, we're starting to see a little bit of a, bit of uh, skittishness again developing this week on the back of um, the potential for higher inflation figures coming out tonight in the US, I believe. Mm -hmm. So we might see what happens overnight um, with the the markets. If that inflation data is higher than expected, and I believe around about 8.5% is expected. Oh, wow. um, so if, if they get surprised, we'll probably see a bit of a decent size sell-off here and if it's not surprised then you know people might start pumping into the market again but look you know same principles hey mate same principles we've talked about from the beginning yep um, understand stuff and um research and read and yeah. know what you want to buy know the price you want to buy it at don't don't get caught up in everything that's happening in the day-to-day -day markets that's it Perfect, man. Well, thanks for that research. Yeah, that's all right. It doesn't take that long, does it? You just go on a rabbit hole and it's, it's, it's interesting. If, you, if you're interested in this stuff, you know, if you have a passion on somewhat when it comes to investing or ways to make money, it's, it's a pretty damn good, uh, pretty damn good hobby to have. <laughs> Very good. Um, any final thoughts? Any words of wisdom? Any um, announcements? No, I'm definitely not wise enough to be sharing wisdom. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no advice on here. Definitely no advice. But um, no, all opinions. We're just those. We're just those uh, heart and ego opinions. Getting our getting our <laughs> opinion out in the world. Hey. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
Oh, mate. Well, thanks for joining us again. And thanks to the listeners for joining us for another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. We will be back again next week. Thanks, mate. We sure will be. Have a good one, man. All right. Catch up. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.